Case Criminal Activities in Social Entropy A podcast by Shrija Mohandas and Sachin Nayak Episode 1 Hello there Shrija and Sachin here As promised we are back with our very first episode of Case Criminal Activities and Social Entropy So are you ready Let us rewind to a horrific case that happened in the year 2005 on December the 13th. A cabby by the name of Shivakumar kidnapped, raped and killed a 28-year-old woman by the name of Pratibha Shrikant Murthy. Pratibha, a BPO employee, was to be picked up by a Jagdish, her regular cabby. But Shivakumar called her and tricked her into taking his car instead claiming that Jagdish was on leave so in order to reach her office for her night shift Pratibha got into Shivakumar's car he then drove her to an isolated spot in a layout in the city where he committed the crime after the rape he slit her throat and dumped the body in a pit nearby The police arrested Shivkumar and recovered the victim's body 3 days later on 16th December 2005. In the months of January February 2006, the police concluded the probe and filed a charge sheet. Now let us go over the sequence of events. The 11th fast track sessions court convicts Shivkumar on October the 6th 2010 after examining 64 witnesses court sentences him to rigorous life imprisonment on October 8 2010 Shivkumar moves high court questioning the conviction in February of 2011 the state moves high court seeking death penalty for him in April of 2011 arguments conclude in high court on May 4 2016 A division bench comprising of Justice H Billappa and Justice K N Fanindra reject the appeal filed by Shivkumar against the trial court's verdict of convicting him in the 2005 case. The bench also dismisses the state's appeal for a death penalty. The high court rejects the state's plea to impose death penalty on the cab driver and upholds the trial court's verdict of imposition of rigorous life imprisonment. so that is the story in its entirety now we can look at this case from three perspectives the victim's mom gaurama her husband pavan shetty and the perpetrator shivkumar's family so let us begin with gaurama's world gaurama the victim's mother so pratibha's mother gaurama had raised her daughter alone as she had lost her husband when pratibha was just a newborn She had opposed her daughter's decision later on to marry Pavan Shetty at first but had consented at last due to her love for her daughter. It was when she was 80 that the judge read out the judgment on a Wednesday. Gaurama had been waging a lone battle for justice and had been waiting for this very day to see Shivakumar pronounced guilty. She had been extremely angry when the defense counsel pleaded leniency keeping in mind Shivakumar's young family. She had sought 
death penalty for the convict, which he felt would convey a strong message to the society, let no other girl undergo what my daughter had undergone. So, Gaurama knew that the conviction was not really a victory for her. She had lost her daughter who was her life. She also claimed that her son-in-law never really worked towards bringing justice to his wife, Pratiba. Gaurama went on to say that even though she tried hard to protect her daughter from society's evil and thought that her husband had shouldered the responsibility after her, her daughter had still fallen victim to a cab driver's lust. She mentioned how her day was not complete without offering a plate of rice in her precious daughter Pratiba's memory every single day. Shrija, I think it must have been a trip to hell and back for Gaurama, you know, who was 80 years old when the conviction was read. What with her only child lost to a cruel uh, twist of fate at such a young age? And to add salt to injury, the victim's husband, Pavan Shetty, was so indifferent towards the entire case. And he, uh, according to Gaurama, he did not make any effort to push the case towards its conclusion. So, if we try to look at Pawan Shetty's world, how, from his perspective, Pawan Shetty, he just moved on. He didn't come to Bangalore to be present in the court when the punishment was announced. He was also insistent that Shivkumar should get capital punishment. He mentioned that uh, he had great respect for his mother-in-law and would meet her and talk to her. At the same time, he wanted to forget things and move on in life. He was greatly disturbed when some people accused him of being involved in the case and spoke of the trauma that he underwent in those two days. Pawanshit is currently married to a woman in Bangalore and they have a son. But he did mention that there would also be a special place in his heart for Pratibha, whatever that means. You're right, Sachin. The thing is, uh, when we speak about Pavan Shetty's world, you know, I mean, there's a different perspective. I suppose he coped with the situation by moving on, right? And he did have a chance to move on. Unfortunately, Garama never did. But then again, uh, can we really question why he moved on, why he went on to continue with his life? You know, because who are we to judge this, right? Absolutely. I mean, everybody has a chance to move on in life. Everybody should be given a chance to move on in life. And, uh, but it feels sad when we see the plight of Gaurama at that old age, whatever she had to go through. I hope no other woman goes through what Gaurama went through at that age. Now, there is one more person here, the perpetrator, Shiv Kumar. What about him? Did he feel any remorse? What was the reason for him to commit such a heinous crime? And he was 22 years old at that time, at the prime of his youth, at the beginning of his life. So what probably would have made him to commit such a heinous crime? It was, I remember it was a crime that shook the entire nation when it happened. And the absence of social media, I think if it had happened anytime now, it would have been probably it would have taken some other dimension but when it happened way back in 2005 it was it you know a chill ran down the spine of whoever 
heard about the case so what was going on in shivkumar's world what what happened to his family i believe he had a wife who was pregnant at the time uh, the crime was committed and uh, i've also heard that she moved on in life later when the baby was born rightfully so but i always wonder what makes people like shivkumar commit to su- commit such heinous crime you know sachin it said that the reason that shivkumar came for this terrible cl- crime that he committed was that he was sexually frustrated at the time his wife was pregnant and he wanted to vent his feelings and that is why he resorted to such a heinous crime it's hard to understand isn't it the reason that he gave in in such a simple form but it was also said that he retracted the statement later on in court so the thing is when you think of what that woman must have gone through his wife and as you said such and she did move on later on after she had the baby but then it's just one crime a heinous crime and so many families are impacted so many lives are impacted and how did you think pratibha's employers reacted to the crime pratibha's employers they were sorry for what had happened and uh, honored her memory by having a pratibha week every year in may and uh, has i think uh, the employer also has dedicated a hall or an auditorium in her name it would be very interesting shreeja to uh, discuss the social impact that this case had in the absence of social media way back in 2005 when this case happened i remember the entire country sat up and took notice for a case like this to happen in a progressive and a model city like bangalore which was which was you know which was the face of uh, development in india for such a regressive crime to happen in bangalore was a shock not just for us bangaloreans but across the nation and i had just moved into bangalore and uh, for me it was something which i cannot i could not comprehend you know that such things could happen at this age and time so what was the social impact that happened because of this case it did create huge wave but did it leave any impact later you know because we before we move on to the impact that it had on society yes it did have a huge impact these uh, crimes always do but i can't help wondering sachin you know how victims happen because uh, you know it said that this uh, the criminal shivkumar actually tried getting two other women into his cab before pratibha in fact the first woman had already left for uh, her office so he couldn't pick her up and the second one got a little suspicious intuition maybe because uh, he didn't know the way to her house and somehow she felt that she didn't want to go with him and she dropped uh, you know the ride with him so both of them got away and then how did pratibha happen she happened to be the victim and who suffered of course uh, because of this crime so you can't help wondering you know how victims fall into a place is there a pattern and like you said yes crimes are going to they are never going to stop it's always going to be there and such crimes leave a huge mark you know on everybody so when you speak about the impact of society yes after the initial fear that it created it raised several questions about the safety of women especially those working in night shifts which is a very good thing and as a consequence regulations for the safety of women working in bpos were put into place and companies changed their outlook and policies towards the safety of these women you know and that i would say is definitely a positive 
outcome, but a positive outcome, Sachin, at what cost? Absolutely. And I would also be interested to know 15 years, 17 years down the line, is there any lags in that those regulations or are the regulations being followed you know, diligently by these companies? How safe is a woman employee today feeling to travel late night to her workplace? Is there any fear still or do the women employees feel safe? because of all these regulations being in place. Now, coming to justice, can we really say justice was served? True, the criminal had been caught and punished, but two families were completely broken and the seeds of mindless fear were sown. I mean, all on honesty, even today, can a woman on night shift or even out on an errand at night move around fearlessly? You know, this question pops up in my mind repeatedly, Srija, that cases like this have happened since. We have heard of many cases similar or more heinous than Pratibhas. And there have been rigorous laws and systems in place. But have they really deterred crime from happening? Have they had any true impact at all? You're absolutely right, Sachin. No. When you speak of an impact, yes, it did affect everybody out here. But then, yes, we still feel unsafe moving around and that fear will continue to be there. We are told as women to be vigilant, but how vigilant can we be? Right? That's a question. So, Shiv Kumar has, had been sentenced to rigorous imprisonment while both the victim's mother and husband wanted capital punishment. They wanted capital punishment for him. So, the question again, Sachin, is does his punishment equal his crime you know did he need to be given a capital punishment and how many of you listeners out there who are listening to this podcast at this very moment how many of you would say that an appropriate punishment had been given to the crime that raises this debate between capital punishment and life imprisonment so let us see what a lawyer has to say on the subject My name is Tarun Sundaram and I'm an advocate practicing before the High Court of Karnataka. The debate around capital punishment versus life imprisonment as the appropriate punishment for heinous offenses, more often than not offenses like murder or any offenses in, involving a large degree of cruelty, uh, has been a debate which has been raging on for the past few decades. Outside India, it ultimately led to the abolition of death penalty in many countries. And the issue usually hinges on one question. Whether having the death penalty as the punishment for a certain set of offences serves to deter people from committing those types of crime. Now, the research seems to be in and it quite unambiguously states that having an extremely severe punishment like the death penalty more often than not does not deter people from committing crimes but rather it incentivizes the criminals who perpetrate some of these crimes to actually see the crime through to its logical conclusion which is to kill the person in order to minimize their risk of getting caught or leaving somebody to offer testimony before the court so what 
what this suggests is that life imprisonment is severe enough to meet the requirement of sending a message to society and punishing the accused but taking it to the next step of death penalty seems very often to have unintended consequences so in my view capital punishment death penalty for a certain class of offenses is not firstly does not serve the purpose it sets out to serve and secondly if one were to step away from the legal issue and look at it from a moral standpoint it seems like in any system where you cannot say with a 100% certainty that somebody is guilty and certainly in the indian judicial system you can't you just say it beyond a standard of reasonable doubt taking life seems like an excessive punishment that was very beautifully articulated by advocate tarun sundaram and he distinguished between capital punishment and uh, life imprisonment but uh, as a common man or as a society our reaction to a crime is always very subjective and we always most of the time we feel that law probably has not delivered the justice properly as we wanted but is that really the case you're right it's a very uh, you know easy feeling to fall prey to because if you were to ask me as a woman i might feel that yes capital punishment is better because i wouldn't want a criminal like this man to you know roam around free now even if he is in prison he's still alive and i wouldn't want him to be there because he uh, inflicted something so terrible on a woman and killed her so brutally but having said that i suppose does capital punishment really sort the matter out because a crime was committed and there was a victim and crimes continue to happen yes yeah, so how do we deal with it and we need to have get you know let law take its course because it's not that not all of us none of us should be taking law into our hands isn't it absolutely shreeja as uh, as long as we all learn a lesson from a crime and its consequences and try to be better people crimes will keep happening but as a society i think we should focus on how do we protect ourselves how do we protect our near and dear ones from uh, from a crime we cannot really isolate or uh, we cannot really um, protect ourselves completely against a crime happening to us it can happen to any one of us any time but as a society we should learn some lessons and probably imbibe those lessons into our daily life law is a big tool to help us or to guide us into uh, you know uh, into taking measures against such crimes from happening but we should always remember that crimes will happen no matter what we do so i think uh, a society's collective consciousness is um, affected by cases like pratibhas i mean may her soul rest in peace even after 15 years when we discuss about it we feel a chill run down the spine and we feel sorry for her and her mom but it did lead to certain uh, laws and regulations and we do hope that after all these years those laws and regulations have helped in instilling a sense of safety in the minds of women employees not just women bpo employees or women Uh, working women but women in general what do you have to say shreeja that's true we need to watch out uh, you know be a little vigilant and i would say ladies 
trust that gut instinct that you have i mean that is the first thing that we need to listen to if you feel that a problem doesn't seem quite right even the smallest doubt just get out of that place and i think this is what all the uh, lawmakers keep telling us as well right so follow your gut instincts to remain safe because yes as you said such in crimes are always going to happen that's not going to stop but how do we take care of ourselves and also to be aware to be ready to help someone else if we can because it isn't always that you know the bad stuff happens to the neighbors and that we are free so we could always uh, you know be the next person in line but yes of course we can't live in fear so we live our lives and of course before we continue if for those listeners out there who are listening or tuned into this podcast would you like to share your opinion on the same what do you think so those of you who are interested do send us your comments or even a little audio clip of what you'd like to share about this particular case or about regulations for women safety for women and the most interesting comment that we find or comments that we find will be discussed at at the start of our next episode so listeners how did you find the very first episode of case criminal activities and social entropy If you like listening to it and look forward to listening to more of them do like subscribe and share for there is one thing that we can promise you that we have plenty more cases that we have just lined up here for you case what comes after